Welcome to The Twelve, a podcast designed to help the believers build habits that lead to spiritual maturity. Thank you for joining us, and I hope that it encourages your faith. Let me share with you a story of my new friend, Lee, who I met this past weekend, and his story was so uplifting that I just have to share it with you. I see one of Lee's friends, uh, right before the summer started, one of Lee's friends dared him to show up at a restaurant and eat tacos with him and a few of his church friends. And, and well, hey, who doesn't love tacos, right? I mean, I'm sure that's what he thought to himself, too. And after he showed up a little bit early, yes, he may have downed a few beers or a margarita before everybody else got there. And uh, he walked up to the upper level of the restaurant where his friend told him to meet him. And he was shocked to see 20 people sitting around laughing and having fun with their Bibles right next to their basket of nachos. And he thought, what have I got myself into? And he walked in, and I tell you what, Lee didn't realize, but he had just walked into a connect group called Taco Bout Jesus. What a cool name for a connect group. And uh, Chris Segovia was leading that group. And, uh, and I tell you what, those folks did not hesitate to welcome Lee uh, into their group and make him feel like he was a part of the family. And over the course of the summer, members of that group built such a great relationship with him that he eventually started attending Hope City and even brought his girlfriend with him. And a few weeks later then, he took the next step of even walking through growth track where he learned more about Hope City and a lot more about God. And in fact, he learned about how God had a purpose for his life. And then in September, he uh, he jumped from talk about Jesus into a freedom group that Chris was also leading and uh, where, where God would started delivering him uh, and bringing freedom into his life of areas that he had battled for years. And, uh, and yes, he's still going through that process, but now God is teaching him about his identity as a man of God. And uh, now he's actually about to start serving on one of our dream teams on the weekends. So, man, how crazy cool is that, that a friend invites him to a connect group, makes him feel welcome before he ever even walked through the doors of our church, before he even knew about Jesus, welcomed him in. And I'm so grateful for our connect group leaders like Chris and like so many others who embrace the opportunity to build relationship with others for the ultimate purpose of helping them to take next steps in their faith. And with that in mind, I want to talk to you today about having an attitude of gratitude. And it's because when Lee was telling that story, I'm telling you, his eyes were lit up and he was like, because I approached him and I said, hey, Lee, I heard about you. And he said, what do you mean you heard about me? And he was thinking it was something bad. But when I started sharing with him how his leader told me how proud he was of him and the steps that he was taking, he was lit up, man. He was so excited that somebody cared about him enough, not only to welcome him in a connect group, but to share the fact that he had come so far in his relationship with God. And so that attitude of gratitude, though, for me, I feel that there's three things that it requires of us to have that attitude of gratitude. And he showed this so clearly in sharing his story with me this past week. And the first is this. We need to remember our past. And Paul talks to the church at Ephesus in Ephesians 2, uh, 1 through 4. He says, you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world. You were by nature objects of wrath. And 
Notice there that whole section is all in past tense. You were dead. You used to live that way. You used to be nature, uh, uh, I mean, uh, objects of wrath. That's all past tense. But then in verse 5, he turns it around and he says, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with him when we were dead in transgression. So he's talking about, yes, remember your past, but remember where you are now too. And so when's the last time you look back to see how far God has brought you? You know, there's a there's this statement that Nehemiah the prophet uh, uh, is, is telling his listeners uh, about God being the God of forgiveness. He's reminding them of what they were, but what who God is to them now. He says, they refused to listen and failed to remember the miracles you performed among them. They became stiff-necked and in their rebellion appointed a leader in order to return to slavery. And this is Nehemiah 9.17. And then he says, but... You are a forgiving God. That's Yahweh has said, God of forgiveness. You are gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. Because here's what I've learned and here's here's what uh, Lee has learned too. He said, failure to remember puts us on the road of disappointment. See why? Because when we fail to remember, we are very prone to repeat it. When we fail to remember where God has taken us and how he's forgiven us and how he wants so much more for us, we are so prone and susceptible to go back and repeat those same mistakes over and over again. And so again, let me ask you, do you remember who you were before Jesus performed that miracle in your life? Do you remember how far he's brought you? But listen, we not only need to remember our past, but we need to remember his promises. See, our past has been redeemed, paid in full, and now as as Paul continues to say in in chapter 2, verse 10 of Ephesians, he says, we are his workmanship, or in some translations it says masterpiece. We are his masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So now he's talking about remembering his promises, ones that still have not even yet been fulfilled. Now, do you remember the story of Abraham and the promise that God made to him about being uh, the father of many nations and the promise of that in Genesis chapter 17, verse 1 and 2? He says, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. I will confirm my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your number. In fact, at one point he said, your offspring will be or your descendants will be as numerous as the stars in the sky. How cool is that to have that kind of promise? But as years went by, he wasn't, uh, Abraham wasn't seeing it happen. And, uh, and, and really, though, in that verse, God Almighty is El Shaddai in the Hebrew. That's promise keeper. See, the initial promise was nearly 25 years ago when he, when he is telling Abraham that verse in, in Genesis chapter 17. You have to go back to Genesis chapter 12, 25 years prior to see the original promise and covenant that he made. See, and then in chapter uh, 15, he reminds him and expands on that promise. And then in chapter 16, about 11 years earlier, uh, I'm sorry, 11 years later, he he becomes impatient and he takes matters into his own hands. And, and Abraham takes his wife's 
uh, uh, handmaid and and impregnates her and has Ishmael as one of his offspring, but it wasn't really the promise that God had given him. So then finally in chapter 17, when Abraham's 99 years old, God reminds him of the covenant again, and he changes his name from, from Abram to Abraham and also from Sarai to Sarah. 25 years for the promise of a son to happen. And I know some of you are thinking, man, God's made me promises too. And maybe you've been waiting a long time. I know some of the promises I know he's put on my heart. I've been waiting for a long time for. But man, God is faithful to his promises. And we need to remember that he is faithful. And in fact, if you continue to look at the promises that God fulfilled in his life, it was another 190 years later until we see Joseph, uh, Jacob's son, bring Abraham's descendants into Egypt. And then it was years later than when Moses led those people people out of slavery and into finally when uh, um, Joshua leads them into the promised land. Man, it's a long time. And see, remembering his promises, though, fuels our attitude of gratitude. And here's something, I, I wrote this in my journal years and years ago when I was still in college, and maybe somebody else said it and I just wrote it down, but I'm not sure, and maybe you've heard this. But here's what I wrote. For the past, there's forgiveness. For the present, there is new life. And for the future, there is hope. See, remembering his promises, like I said, fuels our attitude of gratitude. And remember, Philippians 4.19, Paul tells them, And my God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. That is Jehovah Jireh, God of my provision. And then in Joshua 1, 9, he says, this is my command. This is God speaking to Joshua as he's taking over for Moses right after Moses died. He says, this is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. That's Jehovah Shammah. God is with us. See, nothing can separate us from the love of God. In fact, he, he, uh, James tells us if we lack wisdom, if we doubt at times, we can ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. See, and we also need to remember the promise of heaven. For if we died with him, this is, this is Paul talking to Timothy, if we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. And then in 1 Thessalonians 4, we see that the dead in Christ will rise again, and we who are alive and left will be caught up with them in the clouds to meet the Lord and be with him forever. We need to remember his promises. And having an attitude of gratitude comes when we remember our past, how far he's brought us, and then remembering his promises, his faithfulness now and his faithfulness yet to come. Now, our final point, an attitude of gratitude is nurtured when we remember his power. See, as we remember the story of Israel, we come to the story of Joshua, and man, I love the story of Joshua. Uh, Joshua had recently been appointed the leader of Israel after Moses' death. He had big shoes to fill and big obstacles in front of him as they were moving toward the promised land, which, remember, was the original covenant with Abram. And in chapter 3, we see that before he could even get to the battlefield, he had a physical barrier to get over. And that barrier was the Jordan River, which, by the way, was at flood stage. 
but God. And we come back to that all over and over again. And their God in the Hebrew is El Chahim. And it's the living God was with them. And he was with them in power. And Joshua was told then to, to chose 12 men representing the 12 tribes and to take the Ark of the Covenant representing the presence of God and step into the river. And, and I'm sure he was remembering when the same thing happened as Moses led the children of Israel out of Egypt and approached the Red Sea. See, when we go with God's presence and we step out in faith, his power provides the miraculous. God was assuring Jacob as he's assuring us that even in the midst of this national transition, transition of a person, a position, a place, his power and his promises never change. See, the barrier of a flooding river was an opportunity for God to demonstrate his power to give them a breakthrough. Yep, that's right. That barrier became a breakthrough. They crossed on dry ground and they marched to victory against Jericho. See, physical barriers or visible barriers become stepping stones to victory. See, remember, remember back when Moses was leading the children of Israel across the Red Sea, that was to get away from a fight. Because remember, Pharaoh was chasing them down and wanted to capture them again. But God was giving them victory over their past, over that slavery. And now Joshua was leading those same people across the Jordan River to get to a fight. Not away from one, but to get to one. 40 years between victory over their past to now embracing the victory over their future. God was giving them victory to be the people he created and destined them to be, but they had to first remember their past, remember his promises, and then remember and embrace his power. And he said in Genesis chapter 12, remember, I will make you into a great nation and you will be a blessing and all the people on earth will be blessed through you. See, an attitude of gratitude requires that we remember. Remember our past, remember his promises, and remember his power. And here's how important remembering is to God. To immortalize this occasion, God had them create a memorial to the people, to tell the story for generations to come, to remind them of what he did. They were told to carry 12, those 12 stones that they stood on with the Ark of the Covenant. He was, they were told to grab those 12 stones out of the river to, and to place it where they would stay that night. And now listen, these rocks weren't just pebbles. They were large enough to stand on, so they were a good size. And they had to carry those rocks on their shoulders, and then they walked them three miles from that river to where they stayed that night in a place called Gilgal. And there they built a memorial to remember. Joshua chapter 4, verse 24 tells us that he did this so that all the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful, and so that you might always fear the Lord. See, remembering is the key to an attitude of gratitude. And God, I pray that you would help us to remember our past, to remember your promises, and to remember your power. We thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Twelve. 
I hope that your faith has been challenged and your heart has been encouraged. If you haven't already, click the follow button so that you'll get updated when we release new free material every two weeks. And if you've enjoyed what you've heard, share it on your social media and invite others to listen as well. Until next time, let us look for ways to motivate each other toward love and good deeds. Have a blessed week.